This is That Guy Jig Sports Podcast. I am him, J-I-G. Subscribe, rate, and review. Amazon, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, check us out. We're also on Instagram at That Guy Jig. But the NBA season, like I've been saying, is still rolling. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Because that's what this thing is doing. We're almost, we are almost at the all-star break. For some teams, it can't get here quicker. It cannot get here quicker for some teams. When you're a team like the 76ers, with your best player going to be missing four weeks, you need this break. You have 33 games left. You're trying to figure it out. You're in the fifth seed in the, in the East. You're four and six in your last ten. You're four and ten without Joel and Embiid. You still have games at Golden State, Atlanta, New York, Milwaukee, Boston, Dallas, and then New York twice. So you play New York three times. That's big. That's big. Because when we're talking about games, when we're talking about standings in the Eastern Conference, when you have these two teams, the New York Knicks and the, and the, and the 76ers in the four and five slots, separated by two games, they play each other three more times. If Joel Embiid cannot be around, cannot play, you're not going to win those games. The New York Knicks are one of the hotter teams in the NBA right now. They cannot be stopped. Those Villanova boys, those Villanova Wildcats are coming together and showing you that they can not only win college championships, but they can also maybe win an NBA championship. They are bringing life back into the New York Knicks. I'm here to tell you in a 4-5 matchup in the playoffs, the 76ers without Joel Embiid do not win this. They will not be, I do understand that the 76ers will not be in a 4-5 slot without Joel Embiid. The wheels will fall off the wagon. Like, like I've said before, if James Harden and Joel Embiid was not enough, then Joel Embiid by himself will not be enough with maybe a Tyrese Maxey finally stepping up and Tobias Harris coming in in the third round. That's not going to work. Even with Tobias Harris as your third wheel. What are we doing? Philadelphia is at a very strange crossroads. Do we keep him... Kendrick Perkins might have been right. Is it time to consider a, a fact that we do indeed sit Joel Embiid for the remainder of the season? And you plan to do a big overhaul for the offseason because right now it looks very dim. It does not look good. Now, stranger things have happened. Teams have gelled. They can still make a trade at the, day, at the deadline and bring some people in. There's a chance. There's never not a chance, especially when you're in a big market. So Philadelphia could do something. Like I've said before, there are many teams out there that are at the bottom that have pieces that need to go. Who's next to go in in Toronto? Who's next to go in in the Hornets? They've already expressed a willingness to blow it up without everyone except for Brandon Miller and LaMelo Ball. Everybody else is on the table. Maybe if you're the 76ers, you try to get a Miles Bridges. Maybe you try to bring in somebody that can help you stay afloat while the big guy is out. Because you don't know how long he's truly going to be out. They say four weeks. Joel Embiid is a seven-footer. It's going to be a little bit longer. He still has to get in game shape. This is a knee injury. He's not going to be able to just jump right out of procedure and keep it going. So the 76ers are one of these teams 
that they can't wait for All-Star break. They need that break. They need that time to heal. Nick Nurse needs that time to figure it out. Another team that probably can't wait to get to the All-Star break is the Golden State Warriors. They have to figure it out. Are we going to keep Clay? Clay Thompson is bad, folks. It's we we are seeing the fall of a star. We are watching a fall star, and I want to say something. I don't think we've seen a star fall more gracefully as far as off the court. On the court, it looks bad. It truly looks bad. There's no way to there's no way to put any makeup on this too feo ass person. You just can't do it. You can't. It's ugly. And it ain't got no alibi. It's just ugly. And But the one thing you like about Clay Thompson is he's being a professional. He's keeping it G. He's keeping it player. He's out there still congratulating the young men out there who've worked their ass off to get to the NBA. He's congratulating them. He's not taking the shine away from them. And you got to respect a guy like Clay. He's a cocky. He's he's cocky as shit. He's the cockiest rooster in the in 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 the in the, in the house. But at the end of the day, you like the professionalism, man. He's keeping it keeping it player, man, because he understands that his time is done here, and it is time for a new king to rise. The Warriors are understanding that, and I think with Clay being more open with it, I think it's time for them to really move on. I mean, they're not. He's not playing in the clutch. That's a problem. If you're not playing in the later parts of the game, it's time to come off the bench one, which he's already been doing, often on this season, so he's, he's open to it. So at this point, you're coming, you're coming off the bench, you're starting, you're still bad. I can't play you in, in the later part of the games, so we have to bring in someone else. Now, I don't know if you're able to get Clay off by himself, and bring in someone, you're going to have to trade some of that youth. You're going to have to trade some of those picks. But you have notable games in February against Phoenix, the Clippers, the Lakers, Denver, and New York. Once again, you are in a Western Conference that is very deep and very competitive. You have to stay afloat. You cannot, you cannot take advantage of what's going on. And by what's going on, I'm talking about teams unloading. Teams unloading talent because they're trying to prepare for draft. They're trying to play, prepare for free agency. You have to take advantage of that. Because when you look at the 7 through 10 in the West right now, the 7 and 10, everyone is on at minimum a two-game win streak. So the West is winning. The Golden State Warriors right now, as it stands, are two game or a half and a, a game and a half. Sorry, they're a game and a half out of the, of the last play-in spot with the Utah, with the Utah Jazz. So they have to make a move. Steph needs help. Because we've seen this before. We've seen Steph Curry have to carry this team and his body breaks down. We've seen this. That's how they got into this position in the first place. People got hurt. So they got draft picks. They were able to, to keep the fountain of youth. They were able to sign players. They were able to do this and do that. Because of injuries. But I'm telling you, this is a recipe for disaster when you look at Steph Curry having 60 points and they're losing. This is a recipe for disaster. He needs help. The guy needs help. Once again, we see the greatness of a guy like LeBron James, 
who has carried teams for so many years, body has not broken down. Steph Curry is going to have to play all 82 games or most of the season. No one really plays 82 games anymore. They try, but no one really does it, especially when you're a superstar. So he's going to try to play as many games in the season, but he cannot break down. Once he breaks down, the wheels fall off. Then you have to sell everything at a very, very... Honestly, if Steph gets hurt because he's trying to carry this team, you have to sell everything off at, at buyer's price. At whatever people want because you have to get something for somebody. You need something. You gotta get you gotta get price tags filled because Draymond's value goes down without Steph. Clay Thompson's value goes down without Steph. You don't want to trade too much of that youth. Andrew Wiggins is going down without Steph. Looney, these guys, Brandon, you don't want to trade that young cat. Um, Jonathan Kaminga, you don't want to trade him. But if you have to, with a hot and healthy Steph, yes. Because you can make a run. Steph Curry is that good. He is that good. You can make a run as long as you can bring someone else in. But if you can't bring anyone in, and this is what it's going to be, this is going to be a painful 33 games to end out the season. Because this is not enough. Milwaukee Bucks, they as well need to make another move. I've said it, and I'll keep saying it. Dame and Giannis is not enough. Milwaukee won a championship during a perfect storm. During a storm that saw... It just ravished injuries through every team that they could have played. Every team that, that could have posed a threat to them. Shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks for taking care of business. But, I mean, very, very, very injury-riddled teams they had to face. Now, this year, you bring in Dame. They're going to need a year to jail. That's why I say this is New York's chance to strike. They need they clearly need a year to jail. They bring in a new coach midseason. They're not doing too hot with Doc. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. So now at this point, he has to get his system implanted. Dame had, Dame's going through things off the court right now. So now one of your superstars is not even focused on basketball. He's not even focused on what you brought him in to do and win a championship. So this year is almost a healthy scratch for the Milwaukee Bucks, especially if they can't bring in somebody. If you can't bring in another player to help pick up the slack while Dame is going through what he's going through, this is going to be a healthy scratch. And look for them to make moves in the offseason, bring in more players around Dame and Giannis, look for, look for Doc's offense to get, I mean, a system, offense and defense to really get implemented, and then watch them take off next year. You got to a great start. But this year for the Bucks almost feels like a healthy scratch. Unless they can bring in some help. Because I'm here to tell you, they have... Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis, who are two post players that teams would love to have. Contending teams would love to have. The Thunder would love to have a Brooke Lopez. The Thunder would like to have a Bobby Portis. Just some, just some depth, some size on the inside. Because that's what you need to make a great run. When you look at the teams you're going to have to go through in the West, the defending world champions have Nikola Jokic. Now, there's nobody in the NBA that so far has been able to stop him. But you would like someone to throw at him. Anthony Davis, a guy you got to go through to the West. You got to be able to stop him. You got to be able to get some. Sabonis, another guy. Now, he has something to prove. Though Sabonis does have something to prove, but this is just another big in the West. And then you got Joel out East. 
The big is the big is reemerging. The big is reemerging. But we're gonna stay out west when I talk about this team that's white hot. I mentioned them earlier, and if you've been under a rock, I want to pull that rock up. I want to pull it up, and I want to show you, like off Akuna Matata on Lion King. I want to show you all the good grubs. I want to show you all that, and that's the and that's the Clippers. The Clippers are twenty six and five since December, folks. This team is poised for a championship. I'm trying to tell you. They are poised to get a championship and then go into that new arena. They're number one in the West. They have, they're 9-1 in their last 10. Kawhi Leonard has had 30 points in four of his last five games. The claw is on a tear. He's making his way up the MVP ladder, folks. He's making his way up the MVP ladder. Tyron Lue is the number one, number one position right now. For coach of the year. I don't think it's anybody else in the NBA. It's his to lose. If he doesn't want it, then you get fine. Somebody else can have it. But for right now, as far as I'm concerned, Ty Lu is the NBA coach of the year. To be able to take these teams, I mean, take this team, take these players, bring in another superstar, make them jail, make them buy into the system, have Russell Westbrook come off the bench, which is something he had a problem with doing in the Lakers. It's interesting how that works, how winning cures egos. When you win, when you see the results of me putting my ego aside, it's, it's crazy how that is just addicting. It's addicting. And not only is it addicting, it's infectious. Everybody wants to put their ego aside. What can I do to put my ego aside so that this team can be great? What can I do? To make sure that the Kawhi and Paul George don't have to go through the scrutiny of being called players who can't perform in the, in the playoff because they can't stay healthy. The scrutiny of being load management players. How do I, how do I help them? Because keep in mind, Paul George has, has not been playing well. Hasn't had over 20 points in his last five games. Kawhi Leonard and James Harden are doing what needs to be done for this team. Listen, I love this team as far as the odds of winning a championship. You got Paul George, who I know is unproven. I understand he gives himself his own nicknames. I get it. I understand it. I get that James Harden is the greatest magician and the greatest disappearing act when it comes to the playoffs. I understand these things. But Kawhi Leonard gets it done. If Kawhi Leonard stays healthy, he is known to get things done in the playoffs. So I look for the back half of the season. I look for the Clippers to not only do a little less load managing, but I think they're going to play Kawhi in different situations as far as the roster around him. They're going to get other players used to playing in high-pressure situations. Similar to what Mike Malone did with the Denver Nuggets last year. How, how during you know, December, January, February, the Nuggets kind of struggled. Well, you look at it, I know the Clippers aren't struggling, but the Nuggets reserves were getting a lot more burn, a lot more playing time. They were getting a lot more meaningful minutes. So that way in the playoffs, when times get time, listen, when the, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. Shout out to High School Musical. But that's what happened with the Denver Nuggets. That's why you see guys like Christian Braun. You see guys like Peyton Watson. 
these guys just pop up, blow up, and show up because they understood what what was what their task and assignment was. Because it's the same assignment I gave you in in, in January. It's the same assignment I gave you in February. Now the Clippers aren't doing that as much because they still have to get the jail to come together with their superstars. Understandably so. But look at their depth. Look at Mason Plumley getting meaningful minutes. Terrence Mann gets meaningful minutes every night. Norman Powell, he's still there, folks. This is a very deep basketball team. This is about an eight, maybe nine deep team, deep team come playoffs. I'm not just saying right now. In the playoffs, they could get away with playing eight players. Solid. This team is poised for a good run. And depending, and that's the thing about the West, this team is built to play any matchup that they play in the Western Conference. Any matchup. The Minnesota Timberwolves, the Denver Nuggets, will give them a problem because they have big, they have good post play. That's the one play. That's the one place on the Clippers they do struggle is in the post and in shooting. I don't believe. I don't believe. Make me a believer. Like I said, make me a believer. I'll eat crow. I don't like the way it tastes, but guess what? If I have to eat it, smoke it up. Let's get it. My thing is, I don't believe Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. James Harden are out shooting Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Bill. I don't believe it. I don't believe those three are out shooting Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, Nikolai Jokic. I don't believe that those three can outshoot Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Edwards, and whoever else the third pops up for the Timberwolves. What I'm saying is there's teams in the West that shoot better than the Clippers. And in a game full of three-pointers and runs, you have to be able to score. I understand the Clippers play great defense. I understand, but this isn't, this isn't the early 2000s, folks. This isn't, this isn't the 90s. We're putting up points this year. Have you been watching ESPN? They're putting up points this year. Points, points, points. If you cannot score, you will not win a championship this year. If you cannot score, you will not win a championship this year. And I think that's the one thing that will become a problem for the Clippers. The Clippers do not have that one knockdown shooter. If you put a knockdown shooter on this lineup, we have a problem. Because now you can't help off. You can't help off. You can't, you can't double team. Because right now, if Kawhi gets, gets hot, you can help off your man and help on Kawhi. Because they ain't got no knockdown shooter that you're just you're fearful of. You're not running. Now, now listen to me. I'm not saying you want these guys to have wide open threes. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying these guys can't knock down wide open threes. I'm saying they're not great shooters. And time will tell. Time will tell. I see the Clippers shooting is the same as I see the Boston Celtics shooting. It's great while it's hot. But once this pond dries up, it's going to be like SpongeBob SquarePants when he comes out of the ocean. Dry. Give me some water. 
because this well ain't dug deep enough. But right now, it's beautiful. It's wet. It's an oasis. But don't let this pond dry up because it's not very deep as far as shooting. Now, as far as the season has been rolling on, the All-Stars have been announced. In the Western Conference, we have LeBron James, Luka, KD, Shea, and Jokic. In the Eastern Conference, we have Giannis, Joel, who will probably be replaced, Tyrese, Dame, and Jason Tatum. If you have this, those five right there, though, give me the West and give me the West in a landslide. We know Jokic is not going to take this game serious. He'll probably play three. He'll probably play three minutes. But if I had to pick an MVP out of this group, I would look for Shea or I would look for Tyrese. I said Shea or Tyrese. Both of these players have a chip on their shoulder and they have something to prove this year. So look for one of those two to win the MVP. And once again, it's been great. This is the first of the three. You know how it'd be. You know how we do. We drop three a week. This is That Guy Jig Sports Podcast, and I am him, J-I-G. Subscribe, rate, and review. Check us out. Once again, thanks for listening, and peace.